0: Sam Swanson of New York State, Slave to Servant, has joined the antidote. Thanks for coming, Sam.
1: Hey, thanks for having me, Dave. Pleased to be here.
0: I got to tell you that I first heard of you a year ago when I was searching for a cover of the song Smooth Operator. And I (laughs) found one from your other band, Handsome (laughs) Young Ladies. So why would you start up a whole new project?
1: Oh, so I actually started Slave to Servant before Handsome Young Ladies. Handsome Young Ladies is is strictly like a cover band that I started with Jesse Sprinkle, who was in like Demon Hunter and Dead Poetic and Poor Old Lou. And um, it was actually kind of a means to an end because I was quitting like my old career and I was like, well, I got to get back into music and make a living at it. So I started learning covers of like 70s and 80s and 90s songs, like just straight pop songs and putting like a post-crunge uh, kind of indie rock spin on it with Jesse and, and another buddy of ours. And so... Then we decided we kind of liked the R-Spin, so we recorded a record, and then we mixed it with his brother Aaron Sprinkle. Um, so, yeah, that's the story with that.
0: And how did you ever meet Jesse Sprinkle? <laughs> uh, I met him in 2016. Um,
1: a friend of mine named Josh Laurie uh, he told me about Jesse, that Jesse didn't live far from me. And I was like, no way. I basically like, I didn't have any musician friends and I was like, well, no way, poor old Lou, like the dude from poor old Lou. Cause I remember getting like poor old Lou's, like one of their cassettes from my old, uh, youth pastor, <laughs> like
0: cassettes. Yeah, you are dating yeah. yourself.
1: Yes, I am. I'm vintage, you know? So, <laughs> but yeah, so it, it was like kind of one of those full circle things. And I was also looking for a studio and I'm, I'm a songwriter, you know, in a past life before I came to New York state, I, I was in, three different bands from Chicago and toured and made records, probably made about 10, 11 records before I moved here. And so uh, linking up with him was really cool. So I invited him and his family to the campground uh, just to stay for free. And that's kind of where we hit it off and been really good friends ever since. And he's actually drummed on everything I've done since 2016 and when I started recording again. So
0: That's so cool. And I yeah. guess I should mention to our listeners that His brother Aaron Sprinkle has produced dozens and dozens and dozens of albums for tooth and nail artists.
1: Oh, absolutely. He was like at the forefront of all that. He was like the in-house tooth and nail producer for a long time.
0: That's why I had him on The Antidote one night. So take us back again. What year did Slave to Servant begin?
1: So there's a a filmmaker from Canada named Leonard Ulrich. He lives in uh, Manitoba in Winnipeg. And he makes these sort of prophetic two-and-a-half-hour documentary films. And he's got a series of four of them. And I had seen his first film. I really enjoyed it. Uh, He was looking for a composer. And I had recently gotten new studio gear and stuff. And I was like, well, I'll I'll take a crack at, you know, composing your next film score if you want. It's like playing with toys for me, sitting there making instrumental music, you know? (laughs) So I sat down and he loved everything I created. So I ended up composing 15 songs um, for his film, his next film that just came out maybe six months ago called The Illusion of Money, which is on YouTube. And um, so I composed that I think throughout 2014, I think. And when I was done, he said, you know, I really want an end credits piece like with actual vocals. And I would love for you to use some of these Bible verses and kind of make that into a song. So I composed this song called Baptized in Credit for the end credits. And that was the first slave to servant song. It was actually just all me. I even programmed the drums and um, my buddy Gons played lead guitar on it. But yeah, I even played bass on it and stuff too. So that was the beginning. I guess that was 2014 when I composed that
0: song. So we've talked about yourself handling the vocals and a lot of other stuff. Jesse on drums. Anybody else involved with the band?
1: Yeah, well, kind of took an evolution. My buddy Gons, like I mentioned, played on that song. He played on a few different recordings at, at the very beginning. He just got real busy, so I basically um, I did everything from that point on. Everything I've recorded, I've played all the guitars on it. Um, and then my, I met my buddy James, who plays like six string fretless. Like he annihilates on bass. And then Ken Endy, uh, he is a shredder, and he's really into blues, and I'm not into blues at all. And I just said, hey, would you be willing to kind of help me craft? He kind of came in and, and went outside of his comfort zone, which he's more than capable. He just has his sweet spot, you know. So he came into the studio, and he recorded for this new record that I just made called Escape Babylon. And then he made some extra like feedback and noise and things that he could do with pedals since I don't even really use any pedals or anything. I'm like plug in and play go. So, um, this project is mainly me. It's evolving all the time. And I, I kind of look at it as like each record will probably have a different studio band or different people contributing. You're a busy man. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, I I've never been more inspired by the way to this year with this whole, um, coronavirus and everything has been really good for my creativity like I feel more inspired than I ever have
0: it's interesting that you mentioned that because I've spoken with some artists and it's just non-stop their output has been incredible and yeah. others they just feel completely stifled and aren't able to create anything
1: I know yeah because I mean full-time I make a living as a cover musician so my gigs went down like a third of the amount that they normally are in the summer it's almost like I've been working at Walmart this year or something. You know what I mean? It's not, I haven't, <laughs> haven't made a whole lot. You know what I mean?
0: Well, you were speaking about handsome young ladies and doing cover songs with them. That's also true about Slave to Servant. One of the better-known ones is Charday's Pearls. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. What does the song mean to you?
1: Yeah, uh, so I'm a huge Chardé fan. Pearls, that was like a song of, of healing, I feel like a lot of people are out there searching out their spirituality and, uh, I respect everybody's beliefs, you know, whatever that individual believes. Um, I think there's a lot of artists out there, dare I say a little bit more new age of a worldview, but they still like indicate a longing to discover the force that is the ultimate driving force behind, uh, what they would call, I guess in quotes, like the universe, you know, Mm -hmm. and, um, I guess this song reminds me, I kind of look at the universe as not being like the end all be all. I look at the universe as vast as it is. I look at it as to be like quite minuscule in comparison to like the creator who is outside the creation. So to compare, I'd say like imagine a computer as complex as it is representing the universe, um, you can go inside the computer and find evidence of the creator inside because the creator's touch and imprint is in every part of the design, you know? However, just as the creator can be found in the creation, in that sense, the creator and designer is outside the computer. Yahweh is outside, yet inside all of us. And so that's why I love this song is because Shadé sings in the line, there is a force stronger than nature keeps her will alive. She's talking about this woman who is scraping for pearls on the roadside in Somalia to feed her daughter. And this is how she's dying. She's dying to survive. She, she cries to the heaven above. There is a storm in my heart. She lives a life she didn't choose and it hurts like brand new shoes. And so like that song to me, I was going through a really hard time because I had to rebuild my whole life. Uh, I was like restarting. My marriage fell apart. Uh, A bunch of my family kind of fell apart. I was working for family at the campground that I owned, and I still don't even talk to that family. Girls, specifically, listening to her sing that song with all those strings in it like, my cover aside, I would just like break down and cry, like, remembering that there's somebody else out there. Like, while I was being broken and humbled, I was able to like feel for somebody else. So that's what that song means to me.
0: Well, a little bit earlier, you mentioned that you don't like to take on a label. And that's something that I want to do with every artist. You know, I want to put them into a slot. But that's something I haven't been able to do with Slave to Servant. Because your music is all over the place. You know, like Red Tape Interlude. That's completely different from your other stuff.
1: Yeah, so I'm working on this thing called the Red Tape and it's over 30 tracks. It's a mixtape. It's also a written dialogue with some of my friends who are podcasters. And it's basically a third of it will be interludes. A third of it will be like actual pop songs, half of which will be like urban style beat based. And then half of which will be full band songs that just don't fit with any of the slave to servant material, like punk songs, metal songs, ska songs, etc. cetera. Um, and I'm doing a Prince cover on there. I'm doing another Christian band that I really like from Ohio called Key of David. There's a song by them I really love that I covered on there. And then, again, like I said, the other third of it is all dialogue. It's a, it's a story that, that we're writing. It's called The Red Tape. But, yeah, that's, that's a whole other story.
0: <laughs> so You've got lots of stories in your songs. And one that's disturbing is power. And the song says all we'd have to do is haggle with the truth. Oh, here's a free suit. Just say you'll compromise. So why don't you and I get into that? Isn't compromising what's expected to let us be a success in this world? Oh, that's true.
1: I mean, it depends on how you look at it, right? Before we get into power and what you're saying, I really like what you're saying, and it reminds me of two people that I I respect and was influenced by um, in, like, the indie rock scene. Um, The singer of Saves the Day, Chris Conley, went on Matt Pryor's old podcast called Nothing to Write Home About. And they had a discussion about their existential, I guess, beliefs, right, which uh, was really fascinating. And he asked Chris, like, Chris basically, like, you know, he's more into, like, the New Age how organized religion or whatever, you're basing everything off of a hunch. And Matt Pryor, I think, shared the same sentiment with him, but he, then he like kind of played devil's advocate and he's like, well, what's the difference between a hunch and faith? It's interesting that you're saying that because when you look at it as just a hunch, it's kind of, I guess it's, it depends on what the situation is, how you look at what compromise is, right? It's good to compromise, like in a marriage, it's great to compromise, like you have to compromise if you want to survive in a marriage am i right um but what i'm talking about is compromising uh you really wanted to get into like the the roughest one um (laughs) so i wrote that song about kind of a controversial issue i guess what i'm talking about in that song if you go through the lyrics which i guess i could pull up the lyrics and explain a little bit more here we go power i got it right here um, I'm talking about uh, be careful what you say. You, you might just get what you for what you wish for today. It's true. What you want is synonymous with the truth spiritually or with your needs. So you're on the second verse. Uh, all we'd have to do is haggle with the truth. Oh, and here's a free suit. Just say you'll compromise. We'll swear you in by oath and watch you fight for your life. Decide. Time has come to make your decision so don't fight the incision. Take the mark and share our vision. Um, this is about compromising for the greater good what is the greater good and at what point do we just go here is my whole body at your disposal I'm responsible for my body Um, there are people that talk about my body my choice and so like if you think about the vaccine issue for instance and I'm not anti-vax but I am pro-choice in that regard if you don't have a choice to take like a shot or something that to me is a violation of all human sovereignty and sanctity so that's where for me where i draw the line um with power though if i can cut to the chase on what that song's really about you know who um noam chomsky is correct oh yes so noam chomsky has a really fascinating discussion it's on corporate personhood Ultimately, like, it's where a corporation can be a person, right? Like, it it can have the same rights and legal, like, protection as a person. So that's kind of the idea. But it also means that a corporation is a person. And that being said, if you go to, like, Roe v. Wade, for instance, it talks about a fetus not being a person. Well, that's correct because the baby that's inside hasn't come out to get its footprint stamped on the contract that makes it a corporation because that's what your name is. Your name is a, a corporate entity. You are contracted as a corporation, as a person. It has an inverse relationship. And so that, to me, is what this song is about. I talk about in the 13th Amendment, it says, neither slavery nor involuntary servitude except as punishment for crime whereof the party shall be, have been duly convicted shall exist within the United States or any place subject to their jurisdiction. So it's, it's saying, nor involuntary servitude. So slavery or involuntary, but it's not talking about voluntary servitude. And that's what we all are. We are all voluntary servants in this system. We were volunteered at birth. So that's what the song is about. We're all kind of like servants. And that's what power is about. The power, they're twisting the knife so slow that we won't believe that their power is real. Like we don't realize it and it's going to be, I I do believe, and I don't want to sound like an alarmist or anything, but I do believe it's going to come to a point where we've read all these books in school, like these Orwellian and Huxleyan, you know, like books. It's like, how can you not see that it's not even like science fiction anymore? So it's it's turning into a wild world, and I think it's always been a wild world, but I think it's coming to a, a different place, and that's a lot of the stuff that I like to write about in my music. But I also write about all kinds of other stuff, and I hope that that wasn't too wild of a rabbit trail for you.
0: <laughs> no, but maybe that does tie into your band name, Slave to Servant.
1: Absolutely, because if we really cut to the chase, like they took the whole issue of slavery during those three amendments. Like, to go, okay, well, you're no longer slaves. Now you're servant. Now everybody is.
0: Well, my thought is, now, why don't we reel this in and instead of being in such a serious topic, go to something that's just insane? Because Slave to Servant has another cover song that's absolutely bizarre. You've got to explain why you would cover the Buchanan Brothers' Flying Saucers. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious.
1: Yeah, so that song's from 1947, and um, my friend Nathan, I think in 2016 when I was podcasting, and as soon as I heard it, I was like, I've got to cover this song. It is it is awesome. I, when I heard it, I was like, I could really hear myself doing like a Descendants slash like all kind of punk rock cover of it, you know? So uh, what possessed me, I guess just the message of it, I think that it's a very interesting message. I mean, we're talking 1947 here, right? Like that's that's a long time ago. I'm also very intrigued by ufology and extraterrestrials and um, ultimately uh, the eventual disclosure, if you will, of what that's going to be um, and how it will happen and unravel. And I have kind of a different view of what that's going to be um, in my mind. I'm not saying I'm right, I mean, that's been a thing, like, you watch Ancient Aliens on the History Channel or whatever, you know, there's a lot of people that are kind of primed for, like, a a takeover, if you will, like these U- UFOs, and it's kind of interesting, there's a researcher out there named Chris White, and he talked about this in a film that I loved. Um, he talked about how, like, there being, like, a great deception eventually, like, like what Yeshua talks about in like Matthew 24, like a a great deception that would, you know, confuse even the elect. So this is just one aspect of what that could be. But um, if these, I guess, ascended beings come out of this craft or whatever it is, and these beings come out and they're like, we created you guys and all of your religions, like we actually were you and we evolved into this what we are today, you could imagine like what that would cause, but it would also cause like this unity. It would be a way to unite all religion to uh, like basically abolish religion at the same time. And we're being like kind of primed. I feel like for that, my belief, um, even though I covered this song where they seem to be concerned with these flying saucers, uh, literally as being like, it's a sign of the coming judgment day. Like, but in my view, I view those those ascended beings that probably will come out in our lifetime and something to that nature will happen. Um, I view that probably as technology, like man's probably going to trick man and re-enslave man. That's the way I view it. There are people that literally think they're going to be aliens. That's fine. There's people that tie that in with the Bible, that they're the Nephilim, which is another rabbit trail. But, uh, I, I tend to think that like the cell phone that I'm holding in my hand right now, it's probably actually been designed for a good 30 years. We get things long after they're made. Like We don't know what's really out there. So when this disclosure happens, you can just imagine the leaps and bounds of technology that could be used to deceive us. And that's all I'm saying, just to be vigilant. So it's, it's just kind of something that I've got my finger on the pulse on. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> and we all know that cell phones were actually invented in Star Trek,
1: <laughs> Yeah,
0: and that's where the flip phone yeah. came from. Right. Let's get into song topics. The ones coming from slave to servant range all over the place. One that got my attention was destroying the eye. One verse says, transhuman singularity, coercive cryptocurrency, yay, break down this tyranny. Is that even possible?
1: Uh, Well, I was saying Yah, break down this tyranny like Yahweh, like God. Ah, now I see. I'm leaving it in God's hands, and I'm leaving it in his name. Like, I I can only focus on what I can control, if you will. So, Destroying the Eye is the opening song on the new record Escape Babylon, and it actually uh, is my favorite song, I think, that I've ever written, to be honest. Um, For me, like, melodically and everything about it, like, it just summed up my thoughts on society. And do I think it's possible? You know, you know, what's really possible is if every one of us just went, you know what, this fiat currency system that we're under this, you know, world government um, that's been funding both sides of every war for quite some time. If we just like quit using it and figured out a way to unite ourselves without them and their media and their government, which, again, is a pipe dream. I'm not saying that could happen. But if we just, like, we're like, no, nah, we're good. We don't, we really want to do that. I think that we could find a way. I think that it's possible. I'm not saying that it's, like, going to happen or that it, it's plausible. <laughs> but uh, I do believe that it's a possibility for us to come together as, as people. I think that it's happened throughout history. You know, to quote Tupac, look at the hearts of men. There's nothing new under the sun, right? <laughs> like, where our hearts are, are flawed. So um, at the same time, I feel like you could have this utopia, so to speak, or this coming together, but eventually you would have problems because that's just our, our flawed uh, human nature.
0: Well, I have to tell you that I really appreciate you letting the antidote air some slave to servant songs that haven't actually been released yet. Oh, yeah. Like the full band version of Yeshua. Would it be a stretch to call that your worship song?
1: You know what? I consider that to be the only worship song that I've ever written to me. There's power in that name. Yeah. That's a, that's a straight up to me, a worship song.
0: (laughs) Does that also make it your last worship song?
1: I don't think so. I mean, I think I'll probably write other worship songs as well. I mean, I'm going to write a lot of stuff. I'm a, I'm a very firm believer in freedom of speech and a lot of people probably don't agree with that, but, um, I like the idea of freedom and um, I'm not offended by language like I think being offended is a choice personally I can't afford myself the time to be offended by people and how they talk or you know what they say um, obviously if there's something that happens that's injustice I want to be able to speak up on certain issues but when it comes to my art I, I also there's some songs on this record and this is <laughs> something that Jesse said to me you know he uh, Jesse Sprinkle, he, you know, I was like, man, I really love to put this record out on tooth and nail. And he's like, I don't think they'd touch it. Like, cause there's some F bombs on your record, you know? And so, <laughs> he's like, he's like, that's just how they work. They don't really care, but it's just how the Christian industry works. So, um, you know, who Francis Schaefer is.
0: I've heard the name, but no, I can't make an association.
1: He was like an author and kind of a philosopher, but he was Christian, and he he'd spoke a lot on the arts and, and things like that. But there's this quote that my friend Natalie shared with me like years back, and uh, he said, the Christian is the really free person. He is free to have imagination. The Christian is the one whose imagination should fly beyond the stars. I personally couldn't agree more, but I feel like the Christian industry... It's a biz, right? There's like a business, there's a model, there's a marketing plan. And I feel that way about like the corporate church too. Like I'm not really into that either. Um, this, this could be a whole nother show we could have. <laughs> 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 but um, I'm not really all into that. I agree with Francis Schaeffer that I think we're limiting ourselves as people who, you know, identify as believers of Yeshua and in the quote unquote Christian community. So um, I think that there could be more, um, but I don't think that a lot of the people in, for lack of a better term, churchianity, are willing to listen. I also wanted to say, Yeshua and Power, the versions that you're hearing on this show are unreleased. And the versions that are out there are all acoustic. There's a lot of acoustic material. I have two releases coming out in the future. What I was originally going to do with Slave to Servant was... Recorded an acoustic EP. When I recorded probably about four or five um, songs acoustically, I also recorded the intro for that EP, which still is the intro for the entire collection, which is called The Hand That Destroys the Establishment of the Eye, which is dialogue from my buddy Leonard Alrich's film that I composed the score to. And it kind of wraps destroying the eye what i accomplish in that and also what i talk about in the song yeshua kind of like bridges the gap between those two songs and um also just kind of foreshadows what's to come on escape babylon since that's track one but um what i ended up doing with the singles collection when i started recording with jesse i started bringing the acoustic songs i'm like oh i want you to lay drums on these acoustic songs and so he would lay drums down and I'd be like, that's really cool. Now I just want to put electric guitar in. <laughs> like, so I, I ended up like recording over all the acoustic songs that are on this collection. Two of them, Power and Yeshua, made the full length record because some of my friends that played on the record were like, they were like, those have to go on the record. And these are people that weren't even like religious, so to speak, or anything, you know. They were just like, those are really good songs. So, And then when I mixed Escape Babylon with James Paul Wisner, who did Under Oath and Paramore and Further Seems Forever and stuff, he echoed that he thought Yeshua was the best song on the record.
0: You just want to do something different all the time. Absolutely. Okay, then. Say if someone was to ask you about the purpose of Slave to Servant, how would you answer? Mm. I think...
1: To quote one of my favorite artists, Lauren Hill from the Fugees, I'm like a really big Lauren Hill fan, and she went through quite a conversion years and years back. Um, I don't know where she's at right now. And that being said, you're hearing me right now, but in a year I might have some different views. You know what I mean? I'm always growing, so don't hold me to everything that I've said in this interview thus far. Um, but what I what I do want to say is I think I would just kind of echo what she said. She said that artists have typically throughout society been people that live outside society to expose society to itself. And I consider that to be me. That is the kind of artist that I am. And my mission, I study emotional intelligence and uh, things like that. And I think that the church, for one, doesn't teach it. Um, And it's very, very much a scriptural thing. Uh, But... I also don't think our schools are teaching it. Unfortunately, like the world system, the advertisement, the media, whatever it is, kind of preys on our vices as as opposed to our virtues. And in my belief, like God has me on a mission. That's the way I feel about it. There, there's a thing that I do want to do, eventually start my own kind of outreach, uh, separate of the band. We've never done a show. This is like a brand new band um hopefully that happens after all this craziness is over we'll do some shows maybe i'd like to be touring um a lot if i can eventually but um when i do that i i would like to i've heard of some bands doing something kind of similar but there's like a booth that you can go to and they are like a non-for-profit type of thing and you can just go talk like to these people who will just listen to you because people go to these shows to escape you know their lives You know, it's like it's escapism. And so I want to flip that upside down and I'm taking some courses after the new year, um, to try to kind of start that thing, but I'm, I'm calling it embracism. And, um, that's, that's something that is part of the goal of slave to servant. There's a lot I want to help with. I mean, I just feel like humanity, I feel like we're, we're lacking a lot for being so far ahead. And, um, there's things that I see that I feel like God is putting on my heart to to share with the world.
0: And that's what's next for the band and yourself.
1: Yeah, if if God wills it, you know. I don't have like a label or anything. I'm doing everything out of my own pocket at this point. I would love to find a, a team, you know, that would help me promote because that's unfortunately a lot of us artists, that's kind of where we lack is marketing. You know, like I'm not necessarily bad at business, but marketing is a whole different aspect of business. And I'm not so good at navigating through that. There's like algorithms nowadays, there's all kinds of things. And so I, I have a few friends helping me with a few things and I, I'm paying a couple people to do some things, uh, like with Never Greener right now, the song. But um, I would love to find a team of people who want to be part of this. You know, I, I don't consider a Slave to Servant just a band. I consider it to be like a, hopefully a movement of people.
0: For marketing, they have to know how to spell your name. That's what you get to do right now.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so the two in slave to servant is with a T-W-O, as in the number two, because there's a double meaning, slave to servant, right? There's two entities, there's a slave and there's a servant, and there's a double meaning for those things, like we talked about, when I went on that little rant about power. (laughs) So so the two is like, just symbolizes double meaning. There's so many ways you can look at that, but it's slave to T W O servant. And uh, the logo for it, there's a Roman numeral two. That's how I do it. Uh, There's a, there's another like smaller logo that I use is basically a blatant ripoff of nine inch nails logo, like the N I N I think five iron Frenzy's done it before the F I F. And it looks like a, in the shape of a Z, but it's S I S or S2S um, in Roman numerals with a square around it. So, um, but yeah, slave to servant. That's way too long an answer for what you just asked.
0: In other words, you have absolutely no idea about your band name. (laughs) (laughs) It could be something else. Well, listen, I really appreciate your time, Sam. Thanks for coming for this talk.
1: Thanks for having me on, Dave. I really appreciate getting to talk to you.